Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is the Infinity Cast, where we spill the tea on Marvel and pop culture. This week we're discussing Obi-Wan Kenobi, part three. So let's get into it with the recap. Vader instructs Reva to find Obi-Wan, promising to promote her to Grand Inquisitor if she succeeds. Kenobi and Leia's transport lands on the mining planet Mapuzo, and they proceed to the rendezvous provided by Haja. Finding no one there, they take ride on an Imperial transport. They are discovered, and Imperial troops are sent to capture them, but they receive help from a female Imperial officer named Tala, who is a member of an underground network that hides dissidents and outlaws hunted by the Empire. She escorts them to a secret subterranean passageway, but before they can leave, Vader and the Inquisitors arrive and begin to harm innocent bystanders to lure out Kenobi. Kenobi sends Leia and Tala ahead while he provides a distraction. He eventually is confronted by Vader, who overpowers Kenobi with his force choke and burns him. Tala provides a distraction to save Kenobi, but Leia is intercepted by Reva. Worth the price of admission for the first five seconds of the show to see Darth Vader get assembled the right way. Like, none of this episode three shit, this was shot wonderfully, where it looked painful, it looked visceral. Literally had prods stabbing into it. Exactly. Like, it looked like something out of Stranger Things. It, it, it really made the assembly of Darth Vader and what he may go through every morning he wakes up. Like, some people get up, they go to the bathroom, they have some coffee, maybe they check their emails. No, Vader has to have this whole assembly-required stabbing sequence in order to, like, function and live. Like, all right, he's not having a good time. He's not having a good time. And that visual was perfect it was spot on and to hear james earl jones doing it was afterwards was oh so good yeah i agree i i actually wasn't certain that he was coming back for it i hadn't read if he was no i hadn't read anything either no nothing i i i just i didn't know what we were gonna get and i've heard james earl jones do vader a couple of times and i feel like like you can almost tell uh, he sounds older he, he sounds different he's not the same Vader as he was, but I'm, it's fine. It's James L. Jones. I'll take it. But to hear him in this, the way he did Vader, holy shit. Like, he sounds like original New Hope Vader. He sounds like that. I will say there's a reason for that. Oh, you know, I'm sure they used some tech. I'm sure they used some vocoders. I'm sure they played around with the audio, but it sounded great. They, they used the same uh, service that they used for Luke's lines in Book of Boba Fett. In order to make him sound younger. Yeah, and whatever, I mean, it worked. I think it worked better for James than it did for Mark. Absolutely. Yeah, it sounded like classic Vader, and I'm so happy to hear that. Like, especially later on in the episode when he's like, uh, when the only line we ever really get exchanged between them is like, what happened to you? And it's like, I am what you made me. But like, when he said, I am, like just hearing that alone gives me chills. Like, I wanted more conversation between them. That line was probably the best part of that duel. Yeah, because, like, I mean, we're, if we want to talk about the duel, Hobie Wine Kenobi is really rusty at fighting these days. He really has got to get better at this part of the job again. My question is, how does a seven-foot-tall asthmatic cyborg sneak up on you? Well, I mean, I, I don't know that, but I will say, obviously, you can see a lot of this duel was borrowed heavily from Empire Strikes Back. The slow stalking, the the sound effects, the steam. Like, there were a lot of little things in there that just reminded me so much of that Empire Strikes Back stalking duel. Um, up until the point where Vader had his way with Kenobi. Like, he was like, I'm angry. And rightfully so. I mean, I don't, I don't, 
I mean, I don't blame Vader for being upset after he was literally left that way to die, and he didn't die, so I'd be pretty pissed too. Um, and literally dragging Obi-Wan through fire. Raking him through the coals, literally, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, all right, all right, this is only the beginning. Your, your suffering starts. Like, okay, I can understand why Kenobi is probably filled with PTSD at this point and kind of just looks like a hobo. And doesn't know how to fight and is just freaking the fuck out the entire episode. I I liked the duel up until the last like minute or two of it. Well, let's let's talk about that. Because the moment that I mean, if you're talking about the actual fighting combat, or you're talking about like after like he's raking him through the goal. My issue with the entire episode, really, and the duel, is that Vader was still five feet away from Kenobi's body and was like, Alright, I'll let him go. It's fine. Exactly. And that's the thing, like Vader put out the fire that he started with the Force, and then um, Alaria Sand, I, I forget her name in this show, like, starts the fire up again, and Vader just, like, decides to let them go? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he was right there. And we've I feel like we've seen him walk through fire before. I get, like, if they were trying to do, like, oh, I'm scared of fire, because... Like a Frankenstein's monster kind of thing? Yeah, like, that's, I mean, that's how it was made. I'm sure he's not a fan of fire or lava or anything like that. Like, I just don't want to go there. Meanwhile, like, his literal his apartment is in lava central so i don't know he could have literally just lifted obi-wan over the flames There's a million things that could have been done there the only thing i could think of and what's in my notes is like okay so he wants to play with his food he's playing with his food here this is vader just being like i will hunt you again bitch i will make this slow and painful and make you terrified for the remainder of your existence and i will hunt you down obviously this is going to come to a head i think there's going to be a bigger duel where obi-wan pulls in ahsoka and like we get like a, a tortured Anakin through the through the armor, showing himself, and we have that duel happen. Yeah, I think the only way I'm going to accept him like letting them go right now is if we find out that this is part of his plan, and he's trying to not only torture Obi Wan more, but maybe also catch wind of this uh, this path that all the, that they're smuggling these Jedi through. Yeah, and I feel like that that again, it's just Vader playing with his food and and doing this a certain way. I feel like any other explanation just doesn't make sense. He's he's right there. He is 10 feet away, 20 feet. In the same vein, I had a problem with Reva just getting ahead of Leia. Yeah, me too. I was like, how the hell? Like, okay, I want, I, I I got um the officer whatever her name is in the show, I don't remember. But she maybe taking another tunnel to exit out a different way. But like for for Riva to get ahead of Leia, like one, I, I I mean I screamed just because that's where the episode ended. I'm like shit, that's where this 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 episode's gonna go. Like I can't wait fucking another week for this. Like ah, this is intense. Why are you doing this? But it didn't make sense. It drove me crazy that Riva should have caught up a different way or not. Like Leia should have gotten there in time. This shouldn't have been that much of an issue, but all right, like I'm just letting the narrative play itself out. Maybe Reva did like super speed running thing that, that we saw in episode one. The, the thing that we saw one time. The thing that we saw one time. Also just like Reva intuiting like that there was like a secret wall and all that, that stuff. That particular and shop, that particular place. Like, yeah. Right. Reva as is the power of the force and the power of the force comes from the power of plot. That's the power of plot. It comes from the writers and the script. And she read the script ahead of time. You know, there was a, there was a, you know, let her have her space balls moment. I feel like there was definitely a space balls moment in the Inquisitor's chamber. And they're like, you went over my helmet? Well then, 
You know, I mean, like, all right, let, let it happen. You, you've seen Spaceballs, right? Just want to make sure you, you've seen the movie. Is this movie called Spaceballs? It came out a while ago. You might not have seen it. I'm familiar with it. Okay, just want to make sure. I do not take anything for granted with you. It's okay to be inferior. I accept you. But nonetheless, there was that moment. And at that moment in time, I felt like there was that Spaceballs moment. And I, I, I don't know. She has that power. She's read the script. She knows what's going on with the doors with the walls she hates the rebellion we saw her hate the rebellion so i don't know let her let her have her moments is her only motivation that she wants a promotion i i don't think so i think um going back to what you said last week um i think she is that girl and i think it's about the fact that obi-wan abandoned her not only abandoned her but also like changed the the homing beacon at the temple to tell people to not come there to save her yeah so no one showed up and so she was just stuck on coruscant i am probably not for very long and and came from the streets because i thought they said she came from the gutter um and then she was programmed from that which a little bit annoys me like i i like reva i like her character um but i like her character because it's so much like trilla from fallen order who is still my favorite inquisitor trilla was abandoned by her master and she was caught and her master had to run and then her master got caught and then she was used to like turn trilla completely to the dark side so that's that's where that's going i feel like she got angry so angry at her master for abandoning her that she completely turned and i feel like maybe that's the direction they're going which kind of bothers me because again trilla's story was 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 wonderful enough you don't need to copy it you should have come up with something else but it is a good story um I just wonder if we're going to have a similar redemption arc where Reva then goes and tries to defeat Vader and, you know, loses horribly. Because this has got to be the end of the Inquisitors, right? This has got to be the tail end. This is after Fallen Order. This is where we're very close to, like, Rebels territory. Well, we still have five years till Rebels territory. So at least at least the Grand Inquisitor, though he may currently seem deceased, he's got to live. Fifth brother... I still don't like that casting. He's the only casting I'm really, really annoyed with. Like, I really don't want that to be the Grand Inquisitor. I don't like the makeup. I don't like the look. I like that actor, but yeah, I don't like what they're doing with him. Yeah, I like. I feel like it just needed a different casting or and way different makeup. Like, I've we've seen that species look way better. Like, we need the eyes. We need that. Like, I want to be terrified by him, and he just kind of vibes someone silly the way he's they're performing it with the makeup and everything. I just don't. Not a fan. His his voice is also a bit silly. Yeah, and it's uh, like when you listen to Rebels, I was watching Rebels the other day because I was like, I really just want to hear Grand Quisitor again, like the way I remember him. And he talks like, he doesn't sound pompous. He's, I mean, a little bit pompous, but he's just, he's powerful and he's charismatic. He sounds more like a Thrawn, you know? More like a Thrawn and less like Han from Fast and Furious. <laughs> you know what took me out of this episode the most though? What? That it was clearly filmed in like the desert between Nevada and California. Yeah, you can definitely tell where that was shot, whatever. But hey, you know, wherever you can film, wherever you can find it. It's a lovely area. Just another desert. Another desert. I'm so tired of the deserts in Star Wars. Yeah, they certainly do love them, right? At least this one kind of had some greenery, I guess. Uh, how did you like uh, the Mole Man, Freck? <laughs> Zach Braff. Zach Braff doing a very passable Seth Rogen impersonation. Uh, see, me, I thought, like, I thought he was doing a really good Cliff Clavin impersonation. Like, I, for okay. a second, I'm like, all right, did they just youthen up Cliff Clavin of Pixar and Cheers fandom? Like, is that what that's going on? But no, it was Zach Braff. I was very surprised. Um, like, all right, if everyone's going to make cameos in Star Wars, all right, I guess Zach Braff's welcome as anyone else. I don't even know what he's doing these days. But 
He's Freck. Freck, the space Nazi sympathizer. Yeah, he's a little bit of an asshole. Which, like, the way he was whispering to the uh, to the to the thing, like, oh, you know, I have no idea who these guys are. Check them out because you know they're probably assholes. It was very much like if you are stuck in the middle of like Temecula and you have to like get a ride with a Trump supporter. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Very much so. And it's, it's just like, all right, fuck you, Freck. Except this space Trump supporter had a hand-painted imperial flag on the back of his truck. Yeah, I expected, and I expected there to be fuzzy dice as well somewhere on his on his thing. Oh, what an asshole! I laughed out loud though when those stormtroopers got in the back and they were like, "We're looking for a Jedi to Obi Wan who is clearly dressed up like a fucking Jedi." Exactly, that's what I wrote. I was just like, any any stormtrooper who has ever ever seen a Jedi in person. Should have looked at Obi Wan and been like, "That's fucking Obi Wan Kenobi." Obi Wan Kenobi, right here. <laughs> hey, everybody, look, it's Obi Wan. Selfies. Look at that. I can't believe. Look what you wore. And you thought you were being incognito. Robes are not incognito, Jedi. Robes are literally what you guys all wear. The Jedi were literally ten years ago. Uh, we remember. We remember what that what they all wore forever. Like I'm pretty sure. Like so, I don't know. I don't think it makes sense. I, but I said that last week. Like, it doesn't make sense that of all the things he wore, he literally put on his Jedi robes to go be a hitting Jedi. Like, no, I'm sorry. It's like it's like searching for an emo kid and then, like, finding a guy dressed in, like, trip pants and Hot Topic clothing and being like, have you seen one? I don't know. It, it was very laughable to me. It, it was. Like, no, it is. It's extremely laughable. So I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. And also, like... Obi-Wan immediately almost blows their cover by calling Leia Leia. Yeah, of course, he's he's the one who's fucking up. Leia's working really hard at this, you know, like, but he's the one. No, you don't talk, don't talk, don't talk. Leia, fuck. You really got to get better at this part of the job, man. You used to be better at this. Now you're like the cynical, no patience, little bit of a, of a, of a like, verbal klutz. You're not, you're not, you're not fooling anybody, especially in those robes. Dexter Jester would be ashamed. Dexter Jester is probably dead. He was uh, he was pretty pally with the Jedi, so maybe they closed his space diner. I'm sure he was part of the menu on the space diner for the week after. One thing I did like though is I did really like Obi Wan invoking Padme again and saying that Leia, like he sees her face in Leia's. Yeah, face. that was a very touching moment. You can tell Leia connected. I, I'm so surprised, and, and and in a good thing, in a good way, I am surprised, pleasantly surprised, that we're getting so much Leia content. And it's, it was very sincere and very heartbreaking when she was like, are you my real father? And like us as fans are like, well, we really wanted you to be, <laughs> we really wanted him to be, <laughs> we really want him to be honey. And, um, but sadly, not so much. Padme deserves so much more than the emo goth boy. I just imagine Obi-Wan Kenobi picturing Natalie Portman, like in her costume from like the end of Attack of the Clones and being like, yeah, man, I wish I was your dad too. Yeah, trust me. Really wish. Like, nope. She she had a thing for bad boys and really bad, bad boys. Not like cool bad boys, like really kind of pathetic, you know, simp bad boys who just don't know how to behave and have issues. Like, let's not talk about your father. I don't really know your father. Your father is probably anybody. I don't know. Uh, definitely not an idiot who ended up being a cis incel she had a thing for proto-fascists even though she was a senator in a democracy yeah so whatever sorry padman just really really bad taste in men 
But you remind me of her, so great. Go, you can, but you can date an actual bad boy. Go date a, a bad boy with a heart of gold, you'll be fine. Like maybe it diffuses itself in the DNA. Don't date your brother. Speaking of brothers, so Obi Wan has a brother. Yeah, I can't wait until we meet Obi Two Kenobi. I'm sorry, we're having technical difficulties. We will return to the <laughs> program as soon as the writers start taking themselves a little bit more seriously. Oh, fat chance of that. Yeah, I know. But no, that was a, that was an interesting little reveal. Is there something in the expanded universe for that that I'm not aware of? Like, is there some place they're going to go with it? Because why bring that up? No, I think it was just a, I think it was just a, a new bit of canon. Okay. That means they're going somewhere with it. I wish they had gone somewhere with it, you know, before we got the sequel trilogy, so we could have been like, oh, okay, maybe it's Obi-Wan's brother that, you know, fathered Rey or something, anything but what we got. Point is, we're not going to go there. I did kind of like that they introduced this whole, like, Jedi Underground Railroad. And I would watch an entire series of that Underground Railroad. Like, I would. I would. I would. That, that should be something. They should do that. Like, that would be fucking awesome. And, like, to get more Jedi characters and renegades and like four sensitive children quinlan voss quinlan voss i mean i'm really hoping like we get to see a live action quinlan voss not only that but like i know it was canon that he survived and ventress died uh before the just before the clone wars ended i'm really sad that they didn't adapt that storyline into season seven of clone wars ventress deserves some closure so i'm hoping that maybe they'll go against canon again because they seem to have no problem with that when they have a good idea and we get some closure on Asajj Ventress somehow, some way. Live action, cartoons, I don't care. Like, something that closes out her story, because she deserves more. Well, you know, they could maybe do it in that Tales of the Jedi thing that they're trying out. Yeah, they're, they're doing the two, like, two characters, Dooku and Ahsoka, with some supportive characters in there. Um, I'm excited for that. Maybe they'll, that's where it'll go. I'm fine with that. I doubt we'll get it in this show, but I would really love a live-action Quinlan Voss cameo. Yeah, no, me too. Not this show, obviously, but probably somewhere down the line. I want some Quinlan Voss. I want closure on the Savage Ventress. And people who have not watched the animated series are just like, what are they talking about? Clone Wars and Rebels are essential Star Wars guys, and if you haven't seen them, you probably should. Especially before Ahsoka comes out. Yes, especially before Ahsoka. If you have not watched Rebels before Ahsoka, you're missing out on 90% of why any of this matters. Filoni wrote Rebels, and then he's basically Ahsoka is season five of Rebels. So get your shit together, people, and watch it. It's, I don't care if it's a cartoon. Watch it. It's amazing. And it's Rebels, to me, I understand. I'm not saying Clone Wars is bad. I love fucking Clone Wars. But to me, Rebels is my favorite Star Wars content, I think, that's ever been made so far. I think I prefer Clone Wars, but they're very close. And honestly, it's sort of an apples to orange things because the storytelling between those two shows are just different. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm crying during Clone Wars. I have nothing bad to say about Clone Wars except for that original movie and the first season and blah, blah, blah. All the Jar Jar episodes. Yeah, yeah most of the Jar Jar episodes. But like, it, it did redeem the prequels. I, but the point is, like, I have a lot of beautiful, amazing things to say about Clone Wars. I love Clone Wars. I cry during the finale. I, I own a edit of the finale of Clone Wars that's intercut with Revenge of the Sith, and I love watching it as this like six-hour thing. Like, Which, by the way, next time I see you physically, I would like to watch that with you. Oh, yeah, no, totally. We'll get some Star Wars-themed cocktails, and we will hit that up. Um, but that's but that's the thing. Like, you got to watch Rebels and Pre Show. Chopper is my favorite droid above R2-D2. I love Hera. And Caleb Dune is my favorite Jedi over Obi-Wan. Kanan Jarrus, Caleb Dune, whatever you want to call him, 
I think is a better Jedi than Obi-Wan and anybody else. My favorite Jedi is Ahsoka, only if you count her as a Jedi. And I don't count her as a Jedi, otherwise it would be Ahsoka. She stopped being a, a Jedi long ago. My favorite Force user is Ahsoka. Um, but anyway, to wrap out this show that we were actually talking about. Yeah, so this could go into Rebel territory, because I was about to say, well, what about the Bendu? All right, I want to talk about the Bendu now. But yeah, I, I, overall, I liked this episode. I just found like the last five minutes of it completely inexplicable. Yeah, I know. I'm. I don't know why, and I'm really hoping that it it goes somewhere. Um, and there's a reason why he did that because Vader is terrifying. There's no reason why Vader shouldn't do that. He was terrifying. Every shot that he was in was physically terrifying. To Him just marching through that town, snapping children's necks. Yeah, like. he didn't care. It's like, and Disney was like, "This is a Disney show." <laughs> Vader really said, fuck that kid. Yeah, he just, he didn't care about anything. And it was, it was brutal and it worked so fucking well. Um, so to have that last moment be undercut by the fact like, oh, there's a five feet of fire between me and my prey. All right, you win. I'll go back to the room now and go back to my home base. And then I'm going to start again and go after you, you crazy little kids. Would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for that kid and that, Game of Thrones actress and that tall droid with the hammer. Yeah, they, they pull off his mask and ah, it's just a burn victim. Just a burn victim. That's it. That's it. Really angry, angry burn victim who is giggling under the mask because again, he, he has to go back to home base now. Poor kid. Yeah. Uh, excited for next week? I am very excited for next week. I'm hoping Cal Kestis shows up. He's not, but I'm hoping. Um, one more thing I'd like to say before we, before we touch on base is I'm really hoping that we get more of Obi-Wan's psychological torture. We got to see Anakin appear to Obi-Wan as a vision in the robes as he appeared in Revenge of the Sith. And, I mean, that's the only way it makes sense for Hayden Christensen to really come in and shine is to have, like, a psychological fucked-up conversation between the two of them. So I'm hoping that that's what we get. And it, they, I mean, they didn't need to do it. I think they, they showed that they're willing to do it here if obi-wan is starting to see the presence of vader as anakin so i'm hoping we get that we deal with like ptsd and kenobi's obvious psychological problems that have been popping up this last few episodes so that's my hope that's my prediction also clone wars flashbacks and clone wars flashbacks yes please that's what i want so many just one flashback would be fucking awesome So yeah, I am excited for next week. I need it now. I need all the episodes now. It makes me makes me really upset that we're halfway through already, and that this is a limited season. This is it. It's done. Like we're we're halfway through Kenobi already. Yeah, but I'm sure if it does well, maybe we'll get like a just a season of Vader wrecking shop or some shit. I don't know. I mean, like I, I feel like this this time period between Clone Wars and New Hope is getting incredibly crowded and while there's a few things they could do it, once andor drops it's going to be real crowded it's a big universe actually it's not really a big universe it's a very small galaxy um since all you're doing is 0.5 past light speed and getting everywhere within a few hours and point is physics apparently don't matter in this show uh or the universe things move at the speed of plot yes i get that i get that i'm a big fan of the show i'm happy we have it the music is great keep on trucking don't make Vader just be a pansy ass who's scared of fire. That's it. That's all I'm asking. All right. So make sure to like, subscribe, and please tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at InfinityCast, spelled Infinite A Cast. 
And you can email us at infinitycast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And we'll see you guys next week.